Hello, coders. Welcome to episode 180, 80? What? 137. <laughs> 137 of the How to Code Well podcast. It is live as it is every week, as you can probably guess. I've already screwed up. <laughs> it's episode 137, not 187. 137. It is Thursday, the 25th of 2021. And today we're going to be talking, it's going to be mostly centered around PHP. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about PHP 8, the new stuff in PHP 8. We're going to be talking about um, various things to do with the PHP Foundation, new things that's happened with that, which is uh, I'm finding very interesting. Um, it's, it's an exciting time to be a PHP dev right now. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of interesting things that are happening. Before we get into that, though, uh, let's talk about the change log. So the uh, the latest YouTube short that I've doing that I'm doing I've I'm been doing one every week. So the latest one is the null safe operator in PHP 8 and it's 60 seconds long and uh, it will teach you that feature and I'm planning to do a whole bunch more. In fact, the this weekend I'm actually planning to record the 4 for December. So if you've got any uh suggestions on what to do with those, then please uh, let me know. The feedback that I've had so far on the shorts have been fantastic and it's encouraging me to do more and more. So they're coming through. Okay. Uh, also on the PHP logging course, the course that we've been building on the Tuesday show, this is the Tuesday's live stream. That is pretty much, dare I say, code complete. We are now PHP stan level nine we are we we have the css in place we've got the pages in place we've got the the session handling in place it's good it's it teaches the uh, a login so you would log in with particular credentials there's a secure area that you can't access unless you're logged in it teaches a very sort of beginner friendly approach to the, that kind of challenge as well as teaching the project setup so we're using php stan as i've mentioned before php unit there's unit tests so i'm going to be doing a little bit of tdd in there too it's going to be good it's going to be a good course i i feel and what i've done is i've i've created a sort of a markdown well a markdown file for every single lesson and that is what i'm i'm going to be plowing through or building writing up in the in the next few weeks and i'm hoping that uh, the downtime period between christmas and new year i'm actually going to do some recording of those i reckon it's going to be about 10ish lessons although that can change as we go through so I'm hoping to do all that by by maybe the end of the year and then release it early on uh, next year. Now, something about that is that what I would like to do is sort of change tack, if you will, on the howtocodewell.net website. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm going to say it now. I'm struggling to build the subscription site just because subscriptions are very difficult to build. And what I'm thinking of doing is maybe changing tact. And instead of doing a subscription site, I'm I'm possibly going to be doing, and this is still up in the air, but I'm possibly going to be building a just a shop. So you can buy these courses like a one-off hit. 
and then the subscriptions will be coming later. The thing is that there's a lot of things that I would need to do anyway in order to get that shopping cart sort of process done to have the subscription. So it kind of makes sense to go in that sort of direction rather than um, struggle as I am with the the subscription side of things because there's a lot of other things that you have to take into account when you're dealing with subscriptions and stuff like that. So that is probably where I'm going to shift focus on on the Twitch live streams on the weekend streams is I'm going to probably be focusing more on building a shopping sort of experience on the howtocowell.net site rather than a subscription experience. This also uh, has, as I've been doing this, this has also made me think about the future courses ahead. And I've also got, so I've already sort of got an idea for what the next course will be. What I would like to do is on the Tuesday show is just keep building planning courses live on, on, on YouTube. And so I see it like a conveyor belt, as in once I finished coding one course, I'm going to start coding another course. And then in the background, sort of, I will have, uh, give myself some time to record those and then push them out sort of when they're all ready. And then when, when the site is ready as well, hopefully it will sort of come together. Who knows? <laughs> so there's that. Um, yeah. So. It, uh, it's not that I'm dropping the subscription service. It's that I'm just change. I'm pivoting to building the shopping cart. Sort of, you buy a course, and then uh, and then in the future, I would bring bringing in that that um, sort of the monthly, yearly subscription tier to allow everybody to actually access all the premium courses. I was asked a couple of times on the YouTube comments, when can they? When can you have? Uh, even one actually asked for lifetime access. So I. I am aware that there is people after it. It's just, I'm struggling as a developer to develop it with the time constraints that I've got at the moment. You know, this isn't something I do full time. So I have to take that into consideration. Okay. Whoo. Thank you for joining Martin. I appreciate it. Um, who, who did the thumb down? Oh, I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, Hey, Jesse, thank you very much for joining. <laughs> Really appreciate it. So, okay, uh, let's talk about the, some PHP news. There is some interesting news um, going forward. Actually, let's do the questions and comments first. Let's do that first, and then I'll do the news. Let me see if I can find those. So we've I've, I've picked out two questions from the uh, YouTube comments, and uh, Ramsey uh, Ram Ramsey. Uh, writes in and says in the Docker environment variables tutorial that I've done, he's, uh, he asks, uh, what is the path inside the Ubuntu image uh, that has the variables such as doc root? Um, where are they set? So the doc root is sort of specific, I believe, to, I think it's X or Apache. It's a web server thing. And those variables would be created by that application. Now you can find those variables out using uh, something called what well, a command, which is print env. So when you get into the the image, if you type print env, all one word, press enter, and it'll come out with all the environment variables that are on that server image. As to where they are, as in where they're set, it really depends on the application. So because you're talking about Docker, 
you can actually alter the environment variables that are set by those web applications. I do this quite a bit. So for instance, if I wanted to alter the Apache document route, I would override the Apache document route environment variable with an environment variable of my own choosing. And you can do that through, say, Docker Compose or just a build argument, if you will, when you're building the, the Docker image. So that's how, how you would manipulate those things via Docker. As to where they are, again, it really depends on what application you're playing with. I know you've mentioned a couple of here. Um, mode, I don't know what mode would be. Uh, environment variable, it really depends on how that's been set. Doc root sounds like a web server environment variable, so I would look for those kind of things. They get set whenever the app, when the application uh, is installed. There is obviously, as you mentioned, a path variable. So that path variable would have, um, it, well, it's, it's essentially a path, which I believe is, uh, is it a semicolon delimited string where you can set, um, application paths or paths to other applications on the, on the system? Um, also you could set this in, say, your shell, um, uh, uh, settings. And that would be, say, if you're using, uh, bash this, now this is thinking using the brain, the gray matter here. So this would be a bash RC. So dot bash RC. It's a dot file. I use Z shell for instance. So that would be a dot Z shell. You can set those environment variables in there. If you want, again, you could do this through Docker. So you could pass, you could actually just pass in a dot bash RC into that as a file, you know, you could bind mount that if you wanted to, or copy that over to the Docker image and use and, 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 and do that. Uh, but make sure that if you do change the bash RC or the, uh, Z, ZRC, what I use, um, then you, what you want to do is, uh, is source that change to the current shell. So you would type, literally type source, and then the path to that RC file. And that will ev basically evaluate all the, all of those changes to the current shell. If you don't do that, you would have to log out and log back in or create another shell. Um, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, uh, I'm going to mis mispronounce this name, but ham hammer, Das writes in on the copy files from one container to another. These are Docker questions. Uh, I <laughs> hats off to everybody using Docker. I love it. Um, so ha on the copy files from one container to the other, the question is, hi, great, con hey, great tutorial. Blah, blah, if I can spit it out. Um, I'm facing an issue. I have built a, whoops, sorry. That, uh, ah, where's that gone? Here we go. Sorry, I pressed the pressed the button. So let me start that again. <laughs> As you can tell, this is live. Um, Hamadas asks, um, "I'm facing an issue. I have built a Docker image that creates several CSV files and stores them in a tarball. Okay. Uh, however, when I use Docker CP after running the image, it does not find the tarball. How do I retrieve the file? Okay, so." There's a couple of things in there. Again, it's one of these questions where I would really need to see see your setup in order to actually sort of navigate and sort of direct you into the to into the solution, I guess. But from that, what I've got here is that you've created a Docker image that creates 
CSV files and stores them in a tarball. So it stores them in the container. That's from what I've got from that, from that sentence. So it stores it in the container. Okay, fine. Uh, however, I, when I use the Docker CP, so when you're copying from that container or out of that container, um, you're not able to retrieve the tarball. So the thing there is that you might want to use like a bind mount in, you know, instead of just putting it into the container. As soon as you drop the container, you're going to drop the data in that container. Um, th this catches me out quite a bit. So when you create doc a Docker, a Docker container, when you add files to that container, when you remove that container, those files are removed, even though you have an image, right? So you'll build the container from the image and then anything above and beyond or added to that uh, container once it's built gets removed, gets deleted as soon as you drop the container. So if I'm reading th between the lines here, it sounds as though what you've done is you've you've created a Docker image that when you spin it up, it builds up these these uh, CSV files in a tarball, and then you come out of that container, and then you try and do a Docker CP to get that stuff. But the container sounds it I, again. I need to see this in in practice, but it sounds like the container has been dropped. And then you create the container again and you can't access the, I, I, I'm, it's a bit of a stretch there, I know, but it sounds as though you've got a problem where you've, where it's not actually saving it, uh, persisting it. Now you can't, if it's in a container, you ha would have to persist it back to, or persist the file back to the Docker image. And that would give you another image layer. But I think the easiest way to get around this issue is to create a bind mount that is you're, you're basically saying that this part of the host machine is shared to this image, to this, to this container. And therefore you can see the images being created, um, on the, on the host machine from the container. That's how I would do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on Docker CP like, like the way you're doing it. I would create a bind mount to say that this, this, file this folder this uh, folder on the host machine can see can have access write and read access to this other area on the docker container i have done videos on that if you uh i can't remember what they're called but i've done videos on that in that playlist that you are in that video of um on the on bind mounts as well. So there's bind mounts and then there's docker volumes. Docker volumes are slightly different because docker volumes are um they're, they're, they're parts, they're a Docker, they're a Docker object that is, um, persisted after the Docker container is removed. And then when you create the container again, it then reattaches your, your, you can reattach the Docker volume to that. Whereas a bind mount is actually, you're saying that this, this part of the host machine is available to the container and has read and write access and other accesses that you can specify and stuff. And, um, and so you can actually see files. This is how we build and develop websites using Docker is that you would bind mount, say your, your, um, application to the container. And therefore you can change on the host machine. If you've got VS code or PHP storm, you would point that to that folder in the, in the host machine, you would change that and it would be reflected 
on the container. In fact, it's a one-to-one because you're sharing that. So that's what I would do. Create a bind mount. Test that out. Okay, let's move on to some news. So, PHP news. This is uh, some interesting stuff has uh, has happened recently. Some very interesting stuff. Um, so, I guess what, what we'll do is we'll talk about some some PHP 8.1 uh, goodness. I think that's pretty cool. So, PHP 8.1 has been released today. Today! Um, 8.1, it has active support until... November the 25th, 2023, so next year. And it has security support all the way up to the 25th of November, 2024. So this is a minor release of PHP 8, PHP 8.1, but it does include a ton of interesting core little features. And yes, you bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to be doing PHP shorts on some of these, especially enums. I am so excited that enums are coming in. I have, as a PHP dev, what I, what I tend to do with my enums, which is, I guess you could kind of class it as a bit of a anti-pattern is I would create like a constants class. And in that constants class, I would create some constants that have certain things. And then I would sort of create another class that kind of mimics an enum uh, is just not nice but you would have an array of 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 constants and then you would do some sort of switchy type craziness on that whereas the enums would solve all that issues so i'm i'm really looking forward to that i think that's a step in the right direction there's also this thing uh, that i i've never really played with it's called green threads or um, or fibers now, this is weird. Um, it's, it's going to be used in, in things like React PHP, which I must admit, I have no, I've never played with React PHP. Not at all. I don't really know what it, what, what, uh, what it is to be, to be honest. But it sounds as though it's going to be something to do with threading. It sounds as though it's going to have something to do with parallelism or something like that. I don't really know, but that would be, um, it'd be interesting to play with. I may do that on stream one day. I may play with React PHP one day because I do feel like I should, I should know it. I should, I should at least have experienced React PHP. Another thing that's coming into play is read only properties. So that you can create a class with read only properties, meaning that you can only read them and you cannot write them. So for instance, you could have a public read only property and you could only, you could read it publicly, but you can't write to it. This would be very good with D- for DTOs or classes that define certain conf- configuration. Again, I go back to my crazy constants classes where you have a huge class full of lots of constants and then you have an, ar- an array map of all the, those things. The read-only ones would be really, really good. <laughs> uh, okay, there's also op-cache performance and lots and lots of other little changes in, well, it's not little, Lots of changes in PHP 8.1. So I do, um, recommend going to check out the, uh, the, the change log. There is a really good blog, um, stitcher.io that uh, talks about all of the different features of all of the different, uh, new versions and, um, goes into some really great detail and some depth. So uh, go check that out as well. Make sure that you, you do test your code before you upgrade the stuff. And also make sure you check any of the, uh, the BC breaks as well. 
Ah, okay. So that's going in one direction. 8.1 is, is, has been released and it's improving PHP, um, really, really well. PHP 7.4, on the other hand, it loses active support in three days. <laughs> so on the 28th of November, 2021, uh, it will no longer receive active support. This is PHP 7.4. It will have a security support for a further year, but really you, Gotta think about coming off of seven four in my opinion, and um moving to eight as soon as you possibly can uh, because the thing is it's one of those things that you're like, oh yeah, I'll do it, but then it comes to like you know one day turns into one week, one week turns into three weeks, three weeks turns into six weeks, six weeks turns into six months, and before you know it, you've lost support <laughs> so if you haven't done so already, make sure that you've got an upgrade path from PHP 7.4 all the way up to PHP 8 and 8.1. Um, I think that uh, it's you'll be kicking yourself if you haven't if you haven't got an upgrade plan. You'll certainly be kicking yourself if you don't have any tests. <laughs> um, but yes, that's really good. It's good that we're shaking the shaking the chains off of uh, off of the old stuff and moving on to the new stuff. I'm I'm really really digging what's coming out in PHP 8. Also, um, talking about versions, let's stick on versions for a minute. Uh, Microsoft is going to discontinue. I think I've mentioned this before, but Microsoft is going to discontinue Windows builds of PHP 8 or of PHP. Um, so I was a little confused by this. This is a, an article by the techrepublic.com. It's, um, I was a little bit confused because I was like, oh my God, Microsoft is just not supporting PHP anymore. Well, that's kind of untrue. <laughs> Um, if you read, if you read the article, so Microsoft will be contribute contributing. Well, sorry, Microsoft will stop, com stop contributing. This is uh, off of their article. Um, windows builds of the popular PHP scripting language, PHP eight and beyond. Um, the announcement was made. Well, then there's, there's a date. So it was made a while ago, uh, that support for PHP seven, two will end in uh, November and PHP 7.3 will go into security fix mode. Um, so this was, I think this is a bit old, this article, because that's, that's already done. Um, but that what they're doing is they're saying that once PHP 8 comes out, they are no longer going to be creating bills for PHP in, in the Microsoft world, in the Windows world. Um, there is a windows.php.net and that is basically what is going away. There was uh, a, a post on Reddit that talks about this and, and gives a little bit more context, um, which I, which I do, um, appreciate because I was a little confused when I read this. So, um, for the possibility of missing context, Microsoft, um, which is Microsoft runs windows.php.net uh, and produces all the official builds of PHP Windows. Um, if you run, say, php.exe or mod underscore php7.dll um, or anything like that, for instance, then what you're actually doing is running code that Microsoft or Windows have, have created to support the build. Now, in my opinion, I think that's going to someone's just going to take that on or it's going to be automated. It's going to be automatically built. So there'll be a server somewhere that just builds this stuff. 
Um, so, which kind of makes sense in my opinion. So it's less of a, less of a scary move in my opinion. Plus the fact that you can use Linux in PHP and then, uh, sorry, you can use Linux in Windows and then you could just install it like that. You know, <laughs> why not? Why not? That makes sense to me. So it's not a massive, it's not a, um, it's not a earth shaking piece of news. This it's just something to be aware of. I think when you get, when you're on a Windows box and you're, you're thinking about, installing php it's not going to be now from windows.php.net it's going to be from somewhere else or you'll be doing it through linux anyway that's how i would do it <laughs> i wouldn't be i wouldn't be relying on windows uh anyway to do all any of that stuff be but i'm not a windows dev so you know i would say that wouldn't i anyway moving on <laughs> moving swiftly on to um the php foundation now, this is some really awesome news. This is some really, really awesome news. What I'm going to do is I'm going to just go over to the to the JetBrains blog. JetBrains, by the way, if you don't know, JetBrains, they create PHP Storm, the IDE of my choice. Um, I've been using PHP Storm for a number of years. And um, they have announced that they're going to be creating or or Yes, they're going to be creating the PHP Foundation. And this is really exciting news for PHP developers, I think, going forward. And it's, um, I think it, it should have been done a while ago, to be honest. But, um, I guess it's one of those things that, uh, it just takes, it just takes a bit of time to get the ball rolling. It also takes a lot of input from a lot of other parties and discussion. And there's, there's a little bit of fear, perhaps this, uh, the skeptical of you could, could go, Oh, if there's a foundation, this means governance. And if government, if there's governance, this means rules. But really, I, I actually think that this is, um, the, the best thing PHP Apart from moving to PHP 8, this is the best thing that's happened to PHP in the last god, you know, last good few years. Um, there is a bit of sad news to this, of course, and that is that uh, Nikita is sweet switching focus from PHP. I'm just reading the, the post here. So Nikita started working on PHP in 2011 uh, when he was still in high school, and uh, he made his first contribution to PHP 5.5. That's that's a long, long time ago. Uh, during ten years, um, where are we? Ten years in the PHP world, Nikita uh, implemented all sorts of bugs and uh, all sorts of features and bug fixes and improvements. Uh, we owe a lot to Nikita, a lot, and it's sad to see that uh, he is switching focus and um, will eventually be building, doing less in the PHP space. Um, which is a bit sad. And I guess it's a little bit, dare I say, a little bit uh, frustrating, shall we say, that the foundation is coming out of being born now and not when, when Nikita was working on PHP so, um, you know, so much. Um, it, you you got to think, sometimes you got to think, you know, what would have happened? <laughs> What else would have happened without, with the support of the foundation? Um, because this, this foundation does all sorts of, it has all sorts of things, um, that, that could, you know, become a benefit to the PHP community going forward. One 
of which is being financial, financial support to PHP, actually being able to fund um, people writing the core team members, actually writing PHP, improving PHP. And I think that is, that is um, crucial. It's crucial. PHP is um, used by so many things. <laughs> so many things rely on PHP. If PHP fails, then we have all sorts of problems. <laughs> but it requires, it requires some dedicated team, a dedicated team of loads of people, as well as core members who dedicate their life's work to PHP. They have been. And there are so many maintainers, just an un a countless amount of people who have built packages, who have pushed PHP forward, who have been answering tickets and questions and GitHub comments and all sorts of things, you know, at the early hours of the morning, giving up their weekends. And it's a complete thankless task. And it's a task that, that we just assume will happen because we've, you know, we've, we've, we're, we're just so used to having the open source community to support us in the things that we do. And let's be clear, building websites is actually an incredibly profitable thing. I mean, I get paid a lot. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty sure you get paid a lot. It's a very difficult thing to do, web development. It's a very challenging thing to do. But it's one of those things that relies on a lot of people doing all sorts of crazy hours, all sorts of crazy uh, support with in a very unthankful way. So it's it's it like for for instance, I I am I am the first to admit that I'll just assume that all the big major players, all the major um, frameworks of PHP, all the major libraries will will eventually become PHP 8 compatible. Well, someone has to do the work. And if that person is doing the work on the weekend, because it's something that they, they're, dare I say, a hobby or a passion, you know, it takes t time away from life. And then they have an obligation to make that happen, to, to do those things and to upgrade and improve their packages in line with PHP because it's this never ending churn of work. Anyway, 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 enough of that, enough of that. Cause that, that was going down a bit of a ranty hole. Um, let, let, let's just focus a little bit on, um, uh, Nikita cause there's a, a, a portion of this blog post and I will put it in the, in the show notes below about the bus factor. So, um, losing one of the main con uh, contributors to PHP is a blow to the community because, uh, he is the bearer of knowledge and expertise. Uh, it puts the language that powers 78% of the web in a fragile position, not to mention an overwhelming burden on the maintainer which unfortunately in the world of open source software often leads to people burning out, which is what I was trying to get at in my sort of, you know, weird roundabout rant there. <laughs> um, there, there was support or sorry that additionally Zend uh, by Preforce has committed to PHP and contributed uh, key initiatives to the PHP, PHP language uh, for more than 20 years. So there has been a lot of um, support by Zend as well. That we kind of need to mention as well. Um, 
So including PHP 5 object model, the opcache code, uh, the PHP 7 engine and the JIT compiler. <laughs> so yeah, quite a lot, quite a lot of change uh, and improvements there. Uh, by continuing the f uh, to fund full-time and part-time developers on the project, Zend has helped ensure the ongoing prosperity and modernization of PHP of the PHP language. Again, reading from this uh, article here, and it's continued to use uh, mission critical and it's continued use for mi mission critical application development. We are in the proceeding. We are proceeding rather than leisurely thinking that the problem was not critical. However, Nikita's decision forced us to, to intensify our work on the foundation. So the foundation has been an idea um, for a while, but because of the decision of Nikita uh, to move on, the, the foundation has been brought forward. I, it, that's what I'm reading here. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It, 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 if the thing is, if the a news was to break separately, people would be freaking out. <laughs> if, if, if the news that Nikita was going to step down, um, happened and then nothing else happened, like there was no foundation, nothing, people would start freaking out. In my opinion, this is just showing that there is a safety net. It's all good. It's all good. Um, <laughs> So, so after numerous conversations, um, with members of the community, as well as a number of companies that have vested interests in PHP, we are glad to, glad to announce that the following companies will be joining forces to form a PHP foundation. This is Automatic, Laravel, Acquia, which is Drupal, Zend, Private Packagist, Symphony, Craft CMS, Tideways, PrestaShop, and excuse me, JetBrains. So this is like our core sort of team members, you right, of, of of the PHP Foundation. I mean, you can't ask for better than this, right? We got Laravel, we have got Symphony, check check. We've got Tideways, check. We've got Craft CMS, Private Packagist, you know, all sorts of Zend, um, Acquia, all sorts of good um, companies and uh, communities there. And I I think that that is. That is such a good position to be in, I think. And it, people should be seeing this as an extremely positive move in the PHP world. If anybody says PHP is dead, they just point them to this blog post and go, no, it's not. It's quite, it's far from, from dead. Um, okay. So to get off of, off, off a faster start and to reap the benefits of the, of the foundation right away, we have decided to do it via the open collective. So opencollective.com forward slash PHP foundation. Open collective is a foundation as a service provider that handles the legal and accounting aspects. Open collective is a trust is trusted by many open source projects, including Vue.js, open web docs, webpack, and the Yi frameworks, as well as many, many more. Um, with the projected donations from all participating companies so far, we expect to raise about $300,000 per year. Okay, let me say that again. With the projected donations from all participating companies so far, we expect to raise about $300,000 per year. JetBrains intends to contribute $100,000 annually. 
Woo! Um, we expect to be able to pay the market salaries to PHP core developers. The more we collect, the more developers will be able to work full time on PHP. So if I'm really excited about PHP 8 right now, which I am, how excited am I going to be in the next few years when this, this foundation starts taking off and actually starts bringing core developers paying core developers for their time and for their effort and for their energy and not only core developers but people part part of the php community as well so um a little bit about the governance and the and and administration here so initially the temporary a, a temporary administration will be put in place with the composition uh, of the permanent administration to be decided once the foundation is up and running. The temporary administration will facilitate the established establishment of the foundation's rules and bylaws. The temporary administration will include represent, representatives of sponsors and a group of PHP fellows. Okay, so this the, the, there is a already a core group of people who will be overseeing sort of a the temporary tra handover or not handover the temporary transition into having more of a formal administration of this <laughs> i think this is really good i really believe that this is a very good way forward i'm not going to read the whole article at all um i'll put a link in the show notes um, below and um, I think that this is an amazing way forward. One thing I will end on, though, is that um, if you want to um, follow more information about the PHP Foundation, then you can do so by following their Twitter handle. This is at the PHPF. So the PHP Foundation. So at the PHPF. Also, if you would like to support them, then uh, do so via the Open Collective. So that's opencollective.com forward slash PHP Foundation. And of course, I will be putting links in the show notes as well. So yeah, I think that PHP is in the in in a very strong position. I think it's very sad, obviously, that Nikita has gone or will be having that slow transition away from PHP onto onto other things. Um, but I do believe that this is pushing PHP forward. And that is a really good thing. And I'm very excited to know where this is, where PHP will come, will, will, will um, improve and evolve due to this. I think that's really good. And I think that having a, the ability to fund developers who do build PHP, I think is great because that's something that we've been crying out for. We, we need to help our maintainers we need to support them we we can't just be very greedy all the time and just sort of you know expect things to happen um expect support for older versions of php or packages that we have we shouldn't be doing that we shouldn't be expecting them but we do because that's what we do because that's open source and that's what that's what happens Anyway, that's it. Thank you ever so much for watching. Happy coding, everybody. I will be live uh, this weekend. It's either going to be Saturday or Sunday. I'll let you know via Twitter at How to Code Well. If you've got any comments, questions, or suggestions on other topics of the show, or if you've got any uh, suggestions for, say, the PHP Shorts, then do get in touch. Uh, go to howtocowell.fm forward slash contact. You can fill out that contact form there. You can either do a private message or you could do a public message if you want that message read out on the show. Or if you've just got a comment 
or a question about any kind of web dev stuff, always happy to help. Thank you ever so much for watching. Happy coding, everyone. And I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Goodbye.